coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We want to welcome you back to the Problems of Our Father podcast. We want to thank God for blessing us and according to the words of eternal life. We want to thank all you out there that have been listening to the episodes in the podcast. And we just thank you for sharing it with your loved ones and your friends and your relatives. And we just ask you to continue to tune in because there's a lot of messages that we have that we're going to put out there. And they're going to connect and tie in tune. And if you can, if you can, if you can just continue to go back and listen to these messages and get what you need from out of them, you're gonna see how you grow spiritually. And I don't care what denomination or religion background you affiliated with; it doesn't even concern me. What it concerns me is that God gets your attention, because the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. If you don't have the words of eternal life, he comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Because Christ says, I came because I give you eternal life and that you have eternal life more abundantly. But the enemy come to steal, kill, and destroy. So we're going to continue where we left off at an episode. Uh, an episode uh, in the last episode that we was listening to. So we're going to let you understand that we're tying all these messages together so that you can get something from out of what God is speaking because God is saying something to his people through these words. So if you've been listening, we're going to go back to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, and we're going to read, and then we're going to pick up where we left off out of the last episode. Amen? So therefore, we say in 1 Corinthians Chapter 6, verse 19 says, Or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you? So there's something in you that your body is that makes it the temple. But the Holy Spirit has to have something in it in order for your body to become the temple. Which you have from God. So God gave something to the Holy Spirit for us to be in our, for us to have in our bodies so that we can become a part of his temple. And this temple is the Lamb of God, which is God as the temple. So the temple becomes God when you become the temple of God where the Holy Spirit abides in you. Huh? But now he says in that same verse, you are not your own. So now wherever you act in your life or your spiritual walk, you are no longer in the flesh. We spoke a little bit about that in the last episode. So therefore, in Romans chapter 8, you cannot please God in the flesh. Romans 8, 8 and 8, 9 says you cannot please God in the flesh. But he says that, but you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. And if the spirit of Christ is in you. If the Spirit of Christ is in you, he says that God's Spirit dwells in you. But if you have not the Spirit of Christ, the Spirit of God, ah, and he says that you have not the Spirit of Christ, and you have not the Spirit of God dwelling in you, he says you are none of his. My brother, we're going to pick up, and I was want to tie this in two because I want you to realize, he said, that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you. So the body has to become the temple through the process of the baptism that Christ was teaching before he left the earth after the 40 days that he was teaching. And on the last day, he was teaching his disciples to go baptize in the name of the Father, in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. So now watch this here. 
clear. He says, and for you to teach them, he wants you to teach them to observe the baptism because the baptism is important for you to become the temple. You can't become the temple if you don't understand the baptism. I know in Acts 2.38, Peter says that repent and be baptized in Christ Jesus. He says, repent and be baptized in Jesus Christ. He said, repent and be baptized huh? in Jesus Christ and for the remissions of sin. Jesus Christ remission your sins, but let me tell you something. Christ takes on the body. Jesus' body takes on the sin. So Christ's body does something, and Jesus' body does something, but that's not the completion. But this is what he said in Acts 2.38, that you may receive the power of the Holy Spirit. So now this Holy Spirit is different than the Holy Spirit. He's talking about here in 1 Corinthians 6, 6, chapter 6, verse 19. Your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit. It's not the same Holy Spirit that you receive that you be baptized in Christ and Jesus. See, the body that he's talking about that you will receive from out of the body of God, he said this is the body that is the fullness of the Godhead. You shall receive the Holy Spirit. So God is telling you and God is telling me we have to understand this. He says teach them to observe all things that I command. See God commanded Christ to teach the baptism of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. He commanded him to teach on eternal life in John 12 huh, chapter, John chapter 12 verse 50. So you got to go back and get these things. You're going to hear this again because I want to repeat it in your hearing but God wants us to realize that he's doing a new thing in the earthly realm. And God wants us to understand that God is doing what he promised, my brothers and sisters. So we're going to pick up here where we left off. And I'm going to kind of rehash it like I just did. But we're going to continue. He said, go teach them in Matthew 20, 28, verse 20. He said, go teach them to observe the, the power, the power of the promise of the, the baptism of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He says, I'm with you when you're teaching them, as long as you teach them according to the way I, ta I taught you to teach them. So Christ wants us to realize huh, that his teaching, huh, that he was teaching his disciples by baptizing them and teaching them the process of the baptism in the name of the Father and in the name of the Son, in the name of the Holy Spirit. But that was a portion in the scriptures where Christ in Matthews 10.31, where he said the last would be first and the first would be last. So therefore, if the last would be first and the first would be last, so you have to baptize in the name of Jesus. So Jesus is the first body we baptize into because we need his body for the death, the death, huh? the death, the barrier in the resurrection. So the body of Jesus actually uh, annuls or eliminates huh? or annihilates the body of sin. In Romans, we read in a few episodes ago, he says that in, in Romans 7, 24, he says, Oh, wretched man, oh, wretched woman that I am, who can deliver us from this body of death? He said, I thank God through Christ Jesus. I thank God that I serve the Lord God in my mind. So now the baptism starts with the body of Jesus because the body of Jesus came for sin. Christ came for the body that Jesus, that Jesus died in.
Hey, that's too much right now, but we're going to get into it. I'm breaking it down just a little bit for you. And he said, the last should be first. So we are baptized in Jesus, like Paul was talking, excuse me, like Peter was speaking about in, in, in Acts 2.38. It's, it's, it's nothing wrong. That's not incorrect teaching. Now, I'm not saying I said this in the other episode. I'm going to say this again. That's not incorrect what Peter was teaching. It's incorrect how they was, how preachers and teachers are explaining it. Huh? The Pentecost explained it one way. The Catholics explained it. Uh, 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 the Catholic explained it another way. Huh? So I want you to understand that when you speak these things and you say these things to people in their hearing, you need to solidify or verify why you're speaking them in your in their hearing. Because if I've been baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit 35, 40, 50 years ago, huh? And never understood what I was baptized into and never understood. I had to go through the process after, after being baptized. I had to go through the process of understanding how and what, the, what, what did the process mean for me having what God promised. That's what we are doing right now. So the last should be first and the first should be last. So let us get down. I'm already in a place where I should already not be. So let me continue going. So we have to understand during the baptism process of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit starts with Jesus as the Lamb of God, who is the Holy Spirit first. Because we can never become the temple of God and the temple of God dwelling in us if we are not baptized according to that pattern. That Christ taught his disciples in Matthews 28, 19. Huh? So in Romans 6, 1, 4 gives us an account what we should do about sin in our flesh because it shows us how the baptism process operates. But before we get that, I need you to remember that in Christ, you and I were also circumcised with the circumcision made without hands by putting off the body of sins of the flesh by the circumcision of Christ. So Christ's body took our body that Jesus, we was baptized in, in the Holy Spirit, in the Lamb of God. He took that body and he made something out of that body to become the body of God through God's power and the power in the spirit of Christ. So now we have a place where God is at in Christ in the body of Jesus. Hey, glory. So in now, I want you to know, he said that through this circumcision, now you got to go back to the other podcast. You got to listen to podcast one, podcast two, podcast. You got to listen to these podcasts, my brothers, because they all connect. If you catch it in the middle, you may miss something that you need to get on, to get the understanding that you have to have to understand where we're going as we continue. So now watch this here. So the Spirit of God took the, took the body of Christ and used it without hands to circumcise us in the baptism in the body of Jesus. Now, my brothers, I want you to remember that because we're going to get down and break all this and bring it all together as we suppose to. Romans 6, 1 through 4. What shall we say? Verse 1. Shall we continue in sin? That grace may abound? Certainly not. How shall we, talking about us, 
who died to sins live any longer in it. See, most people don't know when they was baptized in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, they died to sin. There's a sin that leads to death. And I ask that you not pray for that. And there's a sin that leads not unto death. See, people are praying we all have to die. Tomorrow's not promised. You you know what I mean? We are, we are not going to be here forever. So you are praying for something and you don't even know that you're asking for something. He's asking you not to pray for. There's a sin that, so that's a sin that you're speaking that leads to death because you're asking for it. Hmm? Because you don't have the knowledge. But there's a sin that leads not unto death. See, the body of Christ, the body that you was born in, and the body of Jesus, huh, has significance when you understand why you have these bodies. Huh? The Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit body is given to us through the mind. Hey, glory, through the mind and the heart is where the 18 inches, where the spirit and the love and the life of God abide in the heart and the mind. is 18 inches separation of the heart and the mind. And he's telling you, this is where I abide. But you got to speak out of my mind if you got the mind of my son Christ, who can instruct the mind of God. But he says we have the mind of Christ. And Christ started that robbery to be equal with God. See, come on. Certainly not. So I want you to know, should we continue in sin? Certainly not. How should we who died to sin live any longer in it? Most Christians and believers have not died to sin yet. And I just said there's a sin that leads to death, and there's a sin that leads not unto death. That's in first, first, first John chapter 5, verse 16 and 17. Man, you have to search the scriptures to see why we speak the words of eternal life, why we teach about eternal life. Because the scriptures teaches us line upon line, precept upon precept, here a little in there. Who will I get to understand the message? And who will I get? To teach knowledge. In Isaiah 28, 9 and 10, he said that I want you to know, my brothers and sisters, do you not know? Hey, glory. Look what it says in verse 3. Do you not know? That go that do you not know? Or do you not know? My glory. Huh? As many of us as was baptized into Christ Jesus. Oh, it changed it on you from out of Acts. It says Jesus Christ. Then Christ Jesus was baptized into his death. Now, this is heavy. Therefore, we were buried with him, verse 4, huh? through him, through the baptism into his death. That just as Christ was raised from the dead, uh-oh, by the glory of the Father, even so we. Oh, that's the name of this title here. Even so we. Glory, that's what we're going to name this one, huh? Although it's going to tie into, do you not know? Hey, look what it says. <laughs> so we also should, hey, even so we also should walk in the newness of life. The problem that the church have, my brothers and sisters, they are not understanding that they are a new creation. They are walking in another form. They are walking in another body. But you got to serve the law of God in your mind who can deliver you. Hey, the body of God, the body of Christ, and the body of Jesus as the Lamb of God has delivered you from this body of death. 
But if you're walking around and you're having a conversation with your loved ones because someone that slipped from out of here that you love, he, you're going to say, oh, well, you know, we all the tomorrow ain't promise. Huh? We all got to go that route. We all have to die, you know, because you don't know what you're saying. I don't have to die and I won't die because you know something? I died once and that was enough. And you died once and that was enough. And Christ died once and that was enough. And Jesus died once and that was enough. And God never died and that was enough because God took them two to get us back as the family that he wants to know. You don't have to die because I have no pleasure in the death in the one who dies. He says, turn and live and have eternal life because that's what I sent my son 42 generations down to do, to teach him. I command them to teach eternal life. My you was baptized into his death. My brothers and sisters, you was baptized into Christ Jesus' death. So now there's a death that leads to eternal life. There's a sin that leads not unto life. There's a sin that leads to death. And there's a sin that leads not unto death. Glory. And the only reason that sin that leads not unto death is because the sin that we were in, we no longer have it because we are baptized from it. We are baptized from it when we are baptized because Christ and Jesus took the stain from out of death and sin. Come on. I personally think my brothers and sisters, the spiritual church leaders are, huh, in verse 3 in Romans 6 is the epitome. As a spiritual church leader, I say, I want you to know, I personally think as a spiritual church leader, in verse 3 in chapter 6 in Romans is the epitome of faith because this verse of scriptures take our minds and hearts which is the 18 inches in our body that is made without hands. That is the mind and body. That is the circumcision of Christ. That's where Christ and the fullness of the God in the body between the heart and the mind. All the decisions that you make out of life, when you're going through the vicissitudes of life, the circumstances of life, the situations of life situations that you're dealing with, all your decisions are going to come from out of your heart and your mind. And that's where God abides in the 18 inches. And the Son of God, this is where the Father abides. This is where the Son of God, who is Christ, abides. This is where the Holy Spirit, who is the Lamb of God, abides. It abides in us forever if we know how to contain it or retain it in our spirit, in our body. That's why your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit, because you have something in the 18 inches from your heart and mind where the enemy can abide, the enemy can touch. And God heals our body through what we speak from out of our mouth. If you speak things of not of God, you're going to receive the things not of God that you speak. But if you speak the words of eternal life, God told me to tell you, you shall live forever and not die. 
Christ gave us this circumcision that is made without hands. So therefore, I want you to realize the body that we have from the 18 inches of our heart huh, was the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit which abides in us forever that Christ gave us through the circumcision that's made without hands. Or do you not know? bishops, or do you not know apostles, or do you not know pastors, or do you not know preachers and teachers, do you not know spiritual church leaders, that from your heart to your mind is 18 inches, huh, do you not know where the fullness of the Godhead abides forever bodily, Christ got a body, Jesus got a body, even God got a body, you do know God appeared in the earth through Melchizedek. Way back in Genesis with Abraham, you do know that. Because if Christ came in the order, in the priesthood, after the order of Melchizedek, he can't come in the order of nobody else but his father, who is God. So if he come in the order of Melchizedek, who had no mother, had no father, had no brother, had no sister, had no beginning, had no end, had no end, I had glory. Look at God. He says that I am God all by myself, brothers and sisters. So I want you to know that even Melchizedek was in the earth as God. Uh-oh. So now, and even God had a body before he became a Chazadak. In Genesis 127. Huh? And he says, let us make man. God created a man in his own image, according to his own likeness as a male and a female. He took his spirit and changed it to a male. And he took his spirit and changed it to a female. And he took his spirit and made it out and put it in himself as a man. And then he put that into the body of his two sons because the Holy Spirit came from the earth and God made the earth, the Holy Spirit from out of the earth. And then he gave the earth the body of the Holy Spirit. That's why we are the Holy Spirit. Now he gave Christ the spirit from the heavenless and he made Christ and put it in the body of the earth, which is the Holy Spirit. And he took himself and the image of a male and a female and he put it in that body and he had a body of himself. On the sixth day. So when you hear me say that, that's what I'm explaining and talking about. But you got to go back to a few other series and get the full totality of the message. Because the enemy, huh? The enemy, the beast, and the man, the 18 inches, has changed through the enemy and the beast and the man. Let me say that again. The enemy. Huh? The gods of this world. Let me say that again. Who alienates you from the life of God. The gods of this world is not someone far off. The gods of this world can be in your presence right now if you just attend church. Huh? You don't want to hear that, but that can be the truth. Because they're separating you and alienating you, making you an alien. Huh? From the life of God. Now, he might be speaking the words that God spoke in the scriptures because it's a shame that people go to the church and not have their Bibles. But let me tell you something. There's a lot of people just separating you from God and you're thinking you're getting closer to God. You're hearing the same old messages after 30 years. You didn't heard them over and over. They'd have been crisscrossed. They'd have been uh, figure eight, figure nine, figure 10. They'd have mixed them up in all kinds of ways. But there's the same old message. If you're not getting what God wants you to have and you're not speaking, 
speaking the words of eternal life. Let me tell you something, my brothers and sisters. You may be, you may be under the presence of the gods of this world or the gods of these people who've been teaching us all these years. Huh? I was one of those gods that was teaching the in, incorrectly huh, the word of life. Who alienate you from the life of God because they are your bishop. They alienate you from the life of God because they're your apostle. They alienate you from the life of God because they're your preacher, teacher, or your spiritual church leader has separated and alienated you from the life of God by having you understand, understand, you're under having your understanding darkened. Because the ignorance that is in you, that is in them, that is in me, when I was in that, that's what that was in me when I was in them. So now I want you to know, I'm not just saying this to you, I was saying this to myself. So I was a part of what I'm saying, so you don't go back and say, I ain't listen to that boy no more. That pastor, all he do is make mess, talk about, no, I'm telling you the truth, Joker. And if you don't want to hear the truth, Joker, you can go somewhere else. They even walked off from Christ, even Christ. Christ said, hmm, do you want to go to? Huh? Don't make me start on that. I got some of that too for you later on in the message. But anyway, let us get down with this. Boy, y'all got me, y'all got me tripping for real. Because of the ignorance that is in them, huh? Because of the blindness of their heart. So the ignorance that is in them and the blindness of their heart has everything to do with the 18 inches, huh? In your mind. Now you need to know the blindness and the ignorance always runs and hide in the heart of a man or in the heart of a woman. It always runs and hide in the minds of a man or in the mind of a woman or a spiritual church leader. Why? Because that's where the 18 inches resides when God gave us eternal life through his son Christ. Or do you not know? that we serve the law of God in our minds. In Romans 7, 24 and 25, I just uh, I, I said, oh, wretched man, oh, wretched woman that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? I thank God, huh? And you should too. I thank God, and you should too. Thank God. Through Jesus Christ, our Lord, so then with the mind, look what he says in 25, I myself, Serve the law of God. He said, I myself, because he wants you to know whether you do it or not. I myself. So let me say that like they said it in the scripture. I myself. And I pray for you too. To serve the law of God in your mind where the 18 inches is at. The law of God or the law of the spirit of the life of God. I serve in my mind where the 18 inches reside in my heart and mind. This is vitally important and vitally imperative for you and I to know because the, because the number of man and the number of beast and the number of your bishop and the number of your pastor and the number of your pastor and the number of your preachers and the numbers of your teachers and the numbers of your spiritual church leaders huh, can separate you and divide. They still kill and destroy your relationship with God because you don't understand the separation of the 18. Hey, glory. And if your mind, and there's things in your heart, in your mind that doesn't congeal or doesn't coincide with the Spirit of God, he says, you are none of his. Hey, glory. I got to get out of that. He said, this is wisdom. Let me go to Revelation 3, 13, 18. Let me break it down to you. 
I got to give you scripture for all this stuff. I'm saying, man, y'all going to beat me up. Y'all going to tear me up. But I'm waiting on you, though. <laughs> you can come mess with me if you want a joker. I'm ready for you. Oh, glory. I want to thank God for just humbling me. Oh, boy, I need to take my humbling pill. Let's go to Revelation 13, verse 18. Here is wisdom, my brothers and sisters. Let him or let her who has understanding and can rightly divide the word of God and calculate the number of the beast. Let him, for it is the number of man. Let him, and he is the number 666. So why did he take 666? My brothers and sisters, this is heavy stuff. He took the 666 because the 18 is the number of eternal life. So therefore is where God resides. So brothers and sisters, you got to get these scriptures because I'm breaking them down to you and I'm giving them to you like he gave them to me. So I'm going to pick it up a little bit. In, in John 666, <laughs> the number of beasts, remember, in John 666, the number of man, in John 666, this, this here is wisdom. Let me who understand and calculate rightly. It says calculate, that means so you have to add it. Glory be to God. If you're calculating, you're either subtracting or adding, and the enemy comes to take away. But God comes to add the sixes together. It says, calculate the number of beasts. Add glory. It tells you to calculate it because if the enemy can calculate it, he know why he's trying to calculate it as the number 666. Hmm. But if you don't know, come on. And in John 6, in John chapter 6, verse 66, this was the enemy, the number of the beast, and the number of the man does in John 666. Y'all got to come on with all that. From that time, many of Christ's disciples went back and walked with him no more. Why? Because the number of man. The number of pastors, the number of preachers, the numbers of Pharisees, the number of Sadducees, the number of your bishop and your apostles and your spiritual church leaders, the numbers of the numbers where you're at right now. Maybe you might even have no spiritual church leader. You just, just go somewhere and gather yourself together. That number, they walked off. Huh? They walked off in John 666, but in John 648 through 54, he was teaching on eternal life. He was teaching him that the words that I speak is life. The words that I speak, they are spirit and life. Huh? And the spirit quickens. The flesh profits nothing but the words of eternal life. That's why they walked off. Hmm? Because he told them that stuff they dad and them was eating, which is manna, which is what is it? They was eating in the wilderness, and they would, what is it mean? Uh, I, I don't know. I just, I'm just hungry. Give me something to eat, man. You don't know what it is. It might be fentanyl. You know what I mean? And again, you didn't, the next day you see you, you're over there, you're dead as a dope now. They ate in the wilderness, fentanyl. Hmm? And they are dead, the scripture said. But if you eat of this bread, this living bread that God gave me that came down from heaven, he says, the promise of my father, he says, you should live forever and not die. And they walked off. And then Christ said to the 12, do you want to go too? And the next verse, he said, do you want to go too? You know what I'm talking about. But Peter said, Lord, we, where shall we go? 
You have the words of eternal life. My brothers and sisters, let's revisit Romans 6, 3, 4. I tell you, man, I, I really enjoy going through the scriptures because the scriptures teaches me as I'm teaching, although I understand it. It gives me a better understanding as I'm teaching so I can hold on to eternal life. Like the scripture says, hold on to eternal life in Timothy. First Timothy, back there somewhere, chapter 6, verse 12. He says, in Romans, do you not know? My brother, this message is, do you not know? So shall we. Gee, Lord. Do you not know? So shall we. Do you not know as many of us as was baptized in the, into Jesus Christ, in, excuse me, in Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? As I stated earlier, this is where the greatest transition of your faith will ever take place in the spirit of God, in the spirit of Christ. Why? Because you have to present these two bodies to God in order for you and I to receive his gift. Come on. And we know that the gift of God is eternal life. So I want you to understand, or do you not know that as many of us were baptized into Jesus, in Christ Jesus? And, 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 and we, we, we had just talked about it in Acts 2.38. It says that uh, repent and be baptized. In the name of Jesus Christ. Huh? And you shall receive the Holy Spirit. So this ties into all that, my brothers and sisters. I want you to realize that in the gift of God, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. So when Peter's talking about that in Acts 2.38, he's trying to teach us something that's that, that, that connects with what we're teaching on Romans chapter 6, when we were baptized in two, in Romans 6.3 and 4. Hmm? Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4. Or do you not know as many of us were baptized into Christ Jesus, were baptized into his death? We have to realize that you shall receive his gift. And the gift of God is eternal life in Romans 6.23. But first we need to present the bodies of Jesus. And then we need to present the body of Christ in our mind first to God in order to receive the gift. To become the temple of God and for the spirit of God to dwell in us. We got to present the bodies in, in our minds to God as though it's, well, it literally... Not just in a figuratively sense. See, that's what they've been teaching figuratively, that you've been doing all these things. That's why you can't believe in eternal life. But he said, I'm letting you know, my brothers and sisters, hey, glory, hey, God. You got to get this, my brother. We, have, we need to present the bodies of Jesus and the bodies of Christ in our minds first unto God in order to, in order to receive the gift to become the temple. And for God to dwell in us. Romans 7.24 says that in Romans 7, the question was asked about who shall deliver us from this body of death. In 7.25 in Romans, and the answer came, and it says, and if we, the answer was given, it came through Christ and Jesus. 
These two bodies had to be the two bodies we present to God. And through his very, through, through this very simple process, it indicates to God on our behalf that we are serving God in our mind and God himself and the fullness of the Godhead resides in us through the 18 inches from our hearts to our mind. And this is the body of Christ that we have been circumcised with. The body that God created and made on the sixth day that was made without hands in Genesis 1, 26 and 27 from out of Genesis 1, 1. Come on. You got to be kidding me. Now, let's see how we present these bodies to God. Let's go to Romans chapter 12, verse 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, let me say that again. I beg you eagerly, or I urgently implore you, or I urgently and eagerly ask you, bishops, apostles, pastors, preachers, teachers, I eagerly ask and beg you, spiritual church leaders, I eagerly beg you, Action. I beseech you, Christians and believers, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies, not just one, but your bodies, meaning more than one, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. Come on. We finna break this down. Look what the scriptures are teaching us. Pertaining to the bodies. Remember in Romans 7, 24, it asks about the body. Who can deliver us huh, from the body of death? In 25, it goes on to the next verse, and it tells us who can, who is Jesus and Christ, our Lord. Huh? Then it says in Romans 6, 3, Romans chapter 6, verse 3 and 4, do you not know that as many of us, as we're baptized in Christ Jesus, we're baptized into his death. So this verse indicates to us and insinuating to us that if you didn't know that your body was baptized into Christ Jesus, that you also was baptized into Christ Jesus' death, you definitely, without a shadow of a doubt, unequivocally, you know now. And I want you to understand now that you know now and therefore from now on, you don't ever forget that again. That is important that you were baptized into Christ Jesus' death. This actually means that we don't physically have to die. Come on. Now I have brought you into the deep. And if you are going to walk off like Christ's disciples did in John 666, you better, huh, turn around now. Because we finna get down with this hip, brothers and sisters. We are about to go even farther into the deep where the Spirit of God hovers over the waters. Even God was out in the deep where the water was, huh? And even the water was where God was in the deep. So now I want you to know we finna go way out there. And it's all right if you can't swim, my brother. We got lifeguards around here. We got Michael and we got Gabriel, the angels. They can protect. Hey, we got Christ who can walk on water in the body of Jesus. We got all these guys. They come get you, but just get on a boat and let God be the pilot, the captain of the boat. 
Let God do what God do. Don't get scared. Come out here on the deep because if you're not ready, you better stay on the shore because we finna go somewhere here now. My brothers and sisters, when Romans 6, in Rom when Romans in chapter 6, verse 3 and 4 tells you and I, we were baptized in Christ and Jesus' death, it's letting us know, huh? Your death or your dying process has been completed through the body of the Lamb of God. Why? In Hebrews 10.5, God says, sacrifices and offerings. Hebrews 10 verse 5, sacrifices and offerings. You, talking about the Son of God, Christ. You, the you here is Christ. God is talking to. God says, sacrifices and offerings. Christ, my son, you did not desire, but a body you have prepared for me. He said, I have prepared a body for you. So God was telling Christ that he had prepared a body for him to go through the death, the burial, and the resurrection. Come on. To solidify this verse, the verse of scriptures, let's go to Genesis 22. This is where Abraham had to sacrifice his son, Isaac, who, by the way, is the promised child. Come on. And we start in Genesis 22, verse 4. Look what it says, my brothers and sisters. Huh? It says, then. On the third day, Abraham lifted up his eyes and saw the place afar off. God had given Abraham a commission to go sacrifice his son. But he didn't tell Sarah. He didn't tell nobody. He didn't tell his servants. He just said, get some, get some asses together, and I'll need you to dress them because in the morning we're going to leave. So they got up early in the morning. They got on their asses, and they left, and they went out with the son, Isaac. And that's where we at. Then on the third day, Abraham, we got to watch out for the third day. See, the third day, hey, you got to get the third day. Because on the third day, the lamb showed up on the third day. Hey, you got to watch out for the third On the third day, Abraham got up on the third day. I want to get out of that. See, he lifted up his eyes and saw the place of fall. In verse 5 in, chapter, in Genesis 22, in verse 5, Abraham said to his young man, Stay here with the donkeys. Stay here with the asses. The lad or the boy, Isaac, and I will go yonder. You thought yonder was a country wood. Even Abraham had a little country. Go over yonder, boy. Mama said, boy, go over yonder and get, uh, get something from Aunt Georgie for me. I need you to go over yonder. <laughs> over yonder. Yeah, look at she. Miss Diddy, boy, I used to worry that little lady. God bless her. So we used to go out there and bug, bug, bug. Miss Diddy, Miss Diddy be out there. We would bang, 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 make all that noise. She say, oh, boy, won't y'all just go over yonder and play, y'all. Y'all little kids up y'all worrying the hell out of me. Huh? <laughs> Lord, forgive me, God. I was a terrible little kid, man. But anyway, over yonder, huh? He says, I will go yonder and worship. Hey, glory. Worship God and, we'll, and we will come back. See, this is the type of language we need when we speak about the Spirit of God. This is the, see, God knew Abraham wasn't in the flesh. 
Because Abraham realized at this point he couldn't please God in the flesh because Abraham's body was dead and God put the spirit in the body that was dead to produce a promise. So Abraham already was not in the flesh because Abraham knew that the flesh was already dead. When will we realize that the flesh is already dead and that we are operating in the promise? But God is getting Abraham in a place where we can actually operate from out of the promise of the son who he told, look here, lad, young boy, come here, son, let's go and worship God. And we will be back. That had to be comforting words to the one he took with him, who was his son. Huh? We going to worship God. I said, well, my daddy going to take me to worship God, and we will be back. That sounds like a plan, man. As long as we come back, daddy. But we'll listen to the story. In verse 5, And Abraham said to his young men, Stay here with the donkeys, or stay here with the ass. And the lad, or the boy, and the, and, and, and the, the boy, Isaac, and I will go yonder and worship God, and we will be back. In verse 6, he said, So Abraham took the wood of the burnt offering and laid it on Isaac, his son. And he took the fire in his hand and a knife. And the two of them went together. But Isaac spoke. I thought Isaac spoke. Isaac said, look at daddy. He said, look at Father Abraham. He said, daddy. He said, my father, my father, look. Hey, he said, here I am, son. Isaac, Abraham said, here I am, son. Man, I won't hear that. Here I am, daddy. I said, look, man. I got a question, daddy. And then Isaac said, look here, daddy. I see the fire. I see the wood, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? And this is the power of God. Look what God said. And Abraham said and prophesied, he says, my son, God will provide for himself the lamb for a burnt offering. So the lad and the two of them went together. Hey, come on. So the lad and the two of them went together. So in Rome, in Hebrews 10, 5, God told Christ a body he will prepare for himself was actually the lamb of God that he prophesied to. Abraham said he would provide a lamb for himself. So Christ is in the body of God with the body of God as the lamb. When John saw him, he said, my God, that goes the Lamb of God, and that was, that was Jesus, but Jesus never knew he was the Lamb until Abraham, until John revealed it to him on the day of baptism. Come on! My God, and Christ would provide himself. God told Christ he would provide for himself was actually the Lamb of God, but it's with name Jesus or the Holy Spirit or Emmanuel. However, regardless of how we desire to call Mary's son, that she's conceived by the Holy Spirit and name him Jesus, we need to recognize as sons and daughters of God, when we are baptized into the name of Jesus Christ, we find where we find where Peter was preaching in Acts 2.38, we are, we are being baptized in the body of God as the Lamb. But his name was called Jesus. Then you need to know that the body of the Lamb of God was conceived by Mary and named Jesus and was baptized by the Spirit of Christ's body in Luke 3, 21 and 22. 
John the Baptist didn't recognize Jesus as the Lamb of God until the day God revealed himself to John and the Baptist. John the Baptist on the day when he was supposed to baptize Jesus in the Jordan. You got to be kidding me. Watch out for those Pharisees because they was trying to ask him, who are you? You the prophet or you the Christ? He said, no, I'm none of these. He said, I'm none of these. But I want you to realize in these scriptures, God revealed himself to John on the day who Christ, who Jesus' body was. Because the next day, let's read it. Let's go to John chapter 1, verse 25. And they asked John the Baptist, saying, Why then do you baptize if you are not the Christ, nor Elijah, nor the prophet? And John answered him, saying, I baptize with water, but there's there one stand here among you whom you do not know. It is he who's coming of after me but is preferred before me, whose sound straps I am not worthy to lose. These things were done in, in, in Bethany, beyond the Jordan, where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Uh-oh. My brothers and sisters, I'm going to stop right down because I don't want to make this too lengthy. I got some more to go. John take away the sins of the world. Excuse me. The Lamb of God takes away the sins of the world. Y'all thought Jesus took away the sins of the world. It was Jesus in the body of the Lamb that did. The body of the Lamb was named Jesus, so Jesus was the Lamb, but it was actually God that was in, and actually God that Jesus' body was in that took away the sin. This is Pastor B. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We're going to continue uh, in this message right next uh, uh, Continue because I want you to realize that God is doing something so special, my brothers and sisters. This is the power of the eternal spirit of God. And we can, you can reach us with any comments, concerns, or, 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 or discussions you may have or want to discuss. You can reach us at 678-764-1614. Uh, you can reach us at uh, P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com at 678-764-1614. Or you can reach us at P-A-S-T-O-R-D-W at yahoo.com. You can go online, Amazon, Barnes & Noble, Books a Million, and you can go and check out the book. The promise of our Father ties it to all these messages. And we thank you right now in advance for actually going and purchasing the book. And I pray that you continue to let God use you. We'll be right back because we are coming back with the thunder. And we're going to pick up where we left off in John chapter 1, 25 and 29. Amen. This is Pastor D. Washington coming to you live from out of Atlanta, Georgia. We thank you for listening and tuning in and praying for the spiritual culture leaders out there. And we love you forever. May God continue to bless you forever. Amen. Amen.